BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Wednesday. Hope everyone's having an amazing hump day thus far. Humping someone they love. Getting real down and dirty. Speaking of dirty, how's my favorite girl? Hey, Jax. How you doing? You could have rhymed that really nicely. Speaking of dirty, how's my favorite girly? Fuck. Should we restart? No, no, it's okay. We know for next time. I'm doing great because I'm spending hump day with the woman I love. McClurdial, Laturdial, Shahurdial. That is me, in case you were wondering. It is you. And I'm just so grateful to be spending another day of saving the bees. It was another great day. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how it was another great day of saving the bees. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about that because it is. And honestly, bees are so important for our ecosystem. Some would say integral. Integral. Do we have an ad for Beekeepers Natural today? We don't. Because that would have been a wonderful segue. But we do have Dear Toasters. It's Wednesday. We haven't been, we haven't done Dear Toasters in a while. Like the people are needing our help. They're not okay. They're not okay. We've got baby name stealers, a Shayla situation on our hands, which is always tough. Yeah. Ooh, can't wait to hear. I hope they give us the name too to see if it's worth fighting over. Okay. They actually did give us the name and I don't know. You know, a lot of times when people write in to Dear Toasters, they use fake names because obviously they don't want people in their life maybe hearing the podcast. So I don't know if it's a fake name. I hope it's not. I hope it's not because it, it's all dependent on what the name is. Right. Like if it's McClurdial Laturdial, you fight to the death for it. <laughs> I agree. That's a name worth dying for. 100%. Um, so it was so good to be back yesterday. Let me tell you how I don't often watch our own episodes back because I just get very like self-critical and the sound of my own voice makes me want to die. But... I did watch yesterday's episode because I felt like we were really like on one and it was so good to be back in that. I felt like a toaster. What was your favorite part? Probably just every time I spoke, if I'm being honest, like. So the whole episode. <laughs> pretty much. Like when I take pictures with people or record videos, like me and Ben will take a picture and I will literally get to the stage of posting it before I realize Ben's eyes are closed. You know, like I don't yes. even look at another human being unless it's me. And I'm, that's just me being honest. I understand. I feel like most people are that way. And I'm glad that you love what you're bringing to the table. Um, I just hope that doesn't inspire like more talking over me, less Jackie talking. I don't know. I'm so good. I'm so good. Like every time I was so watching, am I. Every, time, so am I. every time I was watching, I was like, oh my God, that girl, that girl on the right, she's got charisma. She's got uniqueness. She's got nerve. She's got talent. She also has a wonderful partner who who really like alley-oops 
It's a real alley-oop situation. It's a lob here. and an oop. It's a lob, yeah. Speaking of spurts, let me tell you how I thought our conversation about sports yesterday was so interesting and we're literally becoming sports influencers. Like I had, there must be a lot of social media managers who work for different teams because like the invites are pouring in, like come to Portland. Like I'm really like, I'm kind of like Charles Barkley. Yeah, that's what I think. And you're Shaq. That's where your career is headed. I wouldn't mind it. I think that I could. There's so many jobs in the talk sports radio realm like as talking girls, if we did, and you know, women are really underrepresented in the sports. Like if you did want to make sports your expertise, except like it requires a level of historical knowledge that's like on par with housewives, except mm-hmm. actually even more because it's been going on hundreds of years. And there are um, more players. If, if you did want to make that your beat, like I think you would have ample job opportunities. I think so too. Like I, I think Erin Andrews should sleep with one eye open. I think she does. I think because she had like a stalker situation. By the way, that's so weird that you said that because I was actually thinking about that situation the other day when like somebody drilled a hole in her hotel room and put a camera and took pictures of her naked. Um, I think because I was naked in my hotel room in on vacation, I was just thinking how vulnerable I felt like being in like a mm-hmm. different. And I just was reminded of that Aaron Andrews situation and how fucking crazy that was. That is crazy. I didn't realize that's what had happened exactly. Yeah. And a, I, it was a hotel room. And I believe she sued and won. Did she sue Marriott or she sued the stalker? I don't know. It was a crazy situation. I just, that's weird that you brought that up because I was literally thinking about her the other day. Yeah. So there's like a couple other girlies out there doing it. Shout out to the, you know. Women and I think like actually a lot of them are toasters because sometimes I'll like click on a verified toaster and they're like a news, you know, sideline girly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just feel like, you know, if you ever want to pivot, I support you. I would pivot, but not to the sidelines because that sounds like a lot of standing up. One thing like I love about my job is that I do it sitting down. And you do it most of the time in a temperature controlled environment. Right. So I don't think sideline reporting would be for me, but I would love to be like the halftime show back at the studio. Maybe I could sing a song during the halftime. Oh, yeah. And you could like digest, debrief, talk about what's been going on. But I feel like I feel like these sports shows need official WAGs correspondence because I feel like when you can get to what's going on in the WAG world of a team, you can really understand the health of a team. So I think that's actually what E was trying to do with the show WAGs, but then they like randomly canceled it. I think because the term WAG is considered derogatory and they were trying to be like a women's network. They're always, by the way, I just, I'm about to make the world's best comparison. Okay. E! News, no, not not E! The E! Network is the Miley Cyrus of channels. Like every couple of years, like reinventing themselves and being like, no, this is the real E! Miley's doing that right now. Like she has this huge campaign, billboards all over the world. Like new year, new Miley. Like new Miley, like we didn't know the real Miley before. Got it. And so she's she's going with a new image this year? Yeah, she has a new image coming out. I guess we'll have to wait and see what it is. I saw some images from her New Year's Eve bash, and and the image I was seeing was her being, like, pretty polished. Yeah. But still, like, rock and roll. You know, she's wearing, like, a classy gown, like, with her tats and all that. Right, yes. no, and her dyed hair, it's like bleach blonde, but also black in the back. Um, I like the era of Miley we've been in for a while, the rocker. It was about love and it wasn't less. Too yeah. bad. Like, I liked, I liked that era, but I guess it's coming to a close. Like, Miley is constantly reinventing herself to the point where it's, like, kind of exhausting. 
not kind of like we are exhausted and that's what saying it for years too that's what like can't be tamed was supposed to be the real miley she can't be tamed miley cyrus and her dead pets oh my gosh finally i can express myself bangers this is the real miley like for malibu Malibu. miley stripped yeah no it's like every couple of years it's like the real miley's coming out that's what e does like they go through same with demi Every couple yes. of years, the real Demi documentary comes out. Well, that's this true. Is Demi the is the queen Demi. of reinventing herself via documentary. And Miley is the queen of reinventing herself via genre. Yeah. And E! News yeah. is always like, every couple of years, like, we're going to be a women's network. And then every couple of years, we're actually going to be pop culture. We're going to have four we're different shows. yourself. Pop. Then it's like, actually, we're going to be family. We're going to do the Bradshaws. Like, they're always doing. And then there was like the Busy Phillips era. Like, they're always reinventing themselves. And it that never That was the works. women's era. Yeah, they're always reinventing themselves and it never works. I feel like with Miley, like actually a couple of the times, like it actually worked. Like the Malibu era was very much it for me. I actually really like the rock era she's been in. Right, but when something works, like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like why can't we stay there? No, I thought we were staying in the rock era. Like it took a few times for her to actually really find herself. And now she had found herself in the rock era, Joan Jett vibes. But it seems like there's a new year, new Miley. We'll have to wait and see. But I feel like that's Miley's statement on just like, she's just being Miley like she's always going to be changing having new interests having new vibes and she even if she finds one that suits her like nothing is static it's so true it's constantly transforming so true anyways uh I miss wags on E but no what I meant was like someone there who's the wag correspondent like that's their beat. Here's what's going on with the wives. Like, here's who's, like, hanging out here. You know, no, there's what couples drama. are hanging out. Like, if we're going on double dates, like, I'm probably going to pass to you on the field. But if we were going on double dates and now we're not. I do think that the players very much keep their social lives, personal lives, and, like, this the field separate. But that's why where the wags come in. Because they're showing everything and people aren't paying attention. No, there definitely needs to be like a WAGS correspondent on SportsCenter. I completely agree. Like, there's, I'm trying there's to get you a, a job. There. Yeah, but I love my job. You have pert time. Pert time? I would love that. <laughs> yeah, just something to think about. Another thing to think about is how beautiful we are. I think that's something we should definitely talk about before we dive in. We've got good stories today. It was so good to catch up yesterday. Um, and then we're going to change some lives in Dear Toasters. And this would be a good time to remind you that, you know... We are scraping the bottom of the barrel. I feel like I haven't promoted, you know, submissions in a while. So we're almost at the bottom. So we would love some fresh submissions. Maybe something you haven't heard yet here on The Toast. Reminder, the email, if you want to write in every Wednesday, we do an advice segment where we're going to give you the best, unfiltered, sometimes tough love advice. Deartoasters at gmail.com. We will never share your name. You can change little facts to keep it anonymous. But it's important that that you guys get involved in Dear Toasters because Dear Toasters is only as good as the submissions. Yes, and we love Dear Toasters, but I think, you know, the hope, the ultimate goal for Dear Toasters is that, like, we solve everything and that one day there are no more submissions because, like, we've solved it. Maybe that's what's happening is that, like, everybody's – we've done so many over the years. They're, like, taking our advice from all of the different ones and, like, they're just applying it to their situation. Like, we've kind of just solved the world's problems. No, that's definitely an interesting way of looking at it. I, I like where your head is at because when you think about kind of the energy we put forth in Dear Toasters, but also just in the toast itself, I do really feel as though we're making people better, thus yeah. decreasing their problems. Yeah, bettering people. Right. And this would also be a good time if today's episode was sponsored by Better Help, but it's not. 
But also you have to think about it. And in Dear Toasters, there's always, you know, like the toaster who's being wrongfully treated. Mm -hmm. And then there's the villain. And maybe as the toast grows, like those villains are becoming toasters and they're seeing themselves in these Dear Toasters and listening to the show and becoming better people. So maybe there's just like less villainous people People. and that's why it's genuinely like imperative that everyone listens to the toast genuinely it's integral much like the bees we are the bees we We are the bees we are the bees are we the bees i couldn't help but wonder were we the bees i think we are makes sense um, so we've got a great show. I didn't do much um, consummation, consumption, not consumption. I actually did do a little consummation. I didn't do any consumption yesterday, so I don't have any TV to recap. I, is Yellowstone? But you're reading. I'm reading. I'm reading some smut, which is always good. A lot of people had recommended. What's um smut? That's what they call like romance porn novels. Why? No clue. This is harks back to yesterday. I don't question no, the but trends. It's I not just like follow it, them. It doesn't stand for something like spicy, matronly, underworldly you know. tales. <laughs> it might stand for something. It might be an acronym. I don't know. But smut is books that are good, but also have porn. So um, a lot of people had recommended a good a, a, a book that like kind of went viral over the seasons. It was like a holiday-themed smut. It was called Tis the Season for Revenge. And it was really cute. And then I didn't know that I was, it was actually the second book in a sequel. And as I was reading it, she was talking about her sister and her husband. And I was like, they sound like book one. And I was right. It was book one. So now I'm reading book one. I'm reading it um, not in order, but it's fine. These books don't really need to be read in any specific order. They're not, you know, Harry Potter. No, 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 no. It's it's not um it's not integral, unlike the bees. Understood. So yes, yeah, Mud, I guess, would say like if there's an ab on the cover. Yeah, well, so that's what's really embarrassing is that recently um someone in the literary space decided to like take porn books and change the covers, making them like cartoons. And so if you're walking around with a book or even your Kindle has the the book cover on the front, no one's going to know you're reading porn because it's just like a cute little cartoon. It looks like a cute romance novel. But some of the books are taking longer to update with their old covers. And book two in this series has like a cute little cartoon animation book one has like a sexy man with his shirt off and it's beyond embarrassing and I need I need all the romance novelists to like update their covers okay yeah but that is just a tale as old as time like I feel like back in the day yeah women used to read romance novels and it's like Lorenzo Lamas on the cover Fabio and now you are going through the same thing just like a new version of and I feel like you know, girls used to like look at those books at the store and be like, who would read that? And now like, that's what you're reading essentially. No, for sure. Like you don't watch Friends, but at one point, Joey is looking for something in Rachel's room and under her pillow, he finds her novel and it's like a Danielle Steele. Um, And they like mock her endlessly for the episode about like this chimney sweep who's sweeping the chimney shirtless. And that's literally what those books are, but they've just been reinvented. And I think whoever did that is brilliant. They've been reinvented as smut, but I don't know if it was someone's like marketing decision or just like women are women. And when you reach like a certain age and a stage in your life and you're married and you know, the spiciness isn't always there, you bring it in. Yeah, no, it's so true. And now like it's, it's considered like cool now and it's like smut and spicy on TikTok. Yeah. Um, 
But I think women have been doing this. Even like when I read some of my like Gilded Age books, there's like, you know, the one book they're all passing around. Right. No. And I think, and actually another book I was reading, like a more serious book. I can't remember what. I actually highlighted this passage. It's like, we tend to mock things that are really popular amongst women as like childish or like weird. And it got me thinking like, that's really what those romance novels were for a long time. And I feel like Colleen Hoover and just like the advent of book talk, like have really um, normalized and like taken the stigma out of reading books like that. Like just because it's a romance novel and it's corny and there's like love scenes doesn't make it any less compelling or literary or important, honestly. Yes. And I also think the Kindle has yes. done that because you don't have to walk around holding Fabio <clears throat> on the, the cover. cover. Like you're reading, it looks intellectual, but like nobody needs to know what the fuck you're reading. Like no, nobody needs, so, unless you want to share. No, it's so fucking true. And like I chill, I, I'm chilled at the thought of like, you know, people who like to read these books before Kindles and before the rebrand to cartoons, like in the airport, they were probably like mortified. Yeah. So then it became like this, you know, shameful like back, door thing and now it's just kind of out in the open I think it's nice I think it's nice I think TikTok was huge for that honestly yeah and the redheads obviously the redheads obviously we're recording the new episode today about the book the it girl if you were ever thinking about becoming a redhead one January is a great month to do it new goals you know we're starting the year as academics two this book was so good it's a thriller about an it girl like set at Oxford University doesn't Mm. get more gorgeous and I personally like had no idea who the twist yeah, the twist, it, it was, I thought it was so good. I want you to read it because you've been really it's good at catching. You've been really good at predicting. Like you saw a flicker in the dark coming from the beginning, which is crazy. Duh. Duh. I did not. So I no, want to see if you can catch this one. I'm actually bad. I feel like I say this all the time, like at movies and books that have like murderous twists or thrillers, I will never guess. Uh, I, like I will, even the most obvious things like movie twists, I'm like shocked by so with reading, I feel like I've gotten really clever just because I've been reading so much. I'm like, I know all yeah. these authors' tricks. It's really hard for an author to do something new. So when they do, it's huge, like Gone Girl. Right. So I am going to read the Redheads book before the, ep- not before the episode, before I listen to the episode because I want to read it and I want to listen to the episode. It's a great time to become a redhead. It is. So new episode drops tomorrow and then next book is my choice and I'm, I don't know. I'm juggling a lot of different choices. Do I go really serious? Do I go with another thriller? Because that seems to be like what we can all agree on mm-hmm. is good. And I, I have a few lined up that like I know are good. They have good ratings and they have good reviews. Um, do I do a little more romance? Do I do historical fiction? I'm just not in the mood. No, actually, like being the person who selects the book club book or even being the person like just it's the worst. Like you can't wait for your turn and then it's your turn and you're like, oh. I know it's 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 so much pressure well while you're recording your redheads I am going to such an important doctor's visit that I can hardly contain myself I haven't gotten Botox in well over a year because yeah because when I yeah no you've had Botox since I've given birth maybe once yeah because I remember one time like you were coming from there Mm, I don't think so but I haven't had in a really long time and I consciously stopped because while I was on tour and I knew I was gonna be filming a special like I really I hate when my face doesn't move when I'm doing comedy it's like half of my comedy is just me and my crazy face you know 
Yeah. So I ha- had to stop. And now I'm so excited. My forehead is never going to move ever again. And I cannot wait. Mine's holding up. Like I could go for some a refresh, but it's only been like three months. So you don't want to do it too often. I feel like that's the best part of getting Botox. It's not the immediate freezing. It's like when you start to regain a little movement. So you still look like, you know, an expressive person, but you don't have crazy wrinkles. I actually like that part of the Botox process. I'm anti-movement. You're anti-movement. Yeah. You're more of a conservative. Why? That would be anti-movement? No, like you want to conserve like the forehead. Forehead. I hate talking about the word forehead. Yeah. Forehead. Forehead. Ugh. I know. Not on this show. Not on this show. And I don't know why we say the word incorrectly. I don't know why either. And there's not like a group of people who either pronounce it forehead or forehead. It's just everyone says forehead. Forehead? No. Farhead. Farhead. That's right. Now that that's settled, I think that we can get it and that we should. I don't disagree. We will get into the fast side story. The fast side story is that you need to know. And today's fast five stories that you need to know are brought to you. By all birds, when it comes to quality, Mother Nature knows best, and you can take that idea and run with the Wool Runners from Allbirds. Trade your synthetic footwear this year for wool runners that are crafted from premium supernatural materials that are comfy and durable, so you can run to the ends of the earth, or just to the store, or just to your kitchen. Wool runners are built using premium supernatural materials with low environmental environmental impact, so they're the next level... Um, Allbirds, they have next level comfort with ZQ certified super fine merino wool that's temperature regulated, moisture wicking, and itch free. Nobody, the people are always talking about Allbirds and like all the fabulous things, but nobody talks about their ability to temperature control. Cause like when you're wearing sneakers, your feet can get so hot and like your shoe can become literally an oven. And that's why I really like wearing Allbirds, even though I'm not like really physical, but I wear sneakers all the time, like to the toast, shopping. And I hate that feeling of like your, your foot becoming so hot, like a sauna almost. And that's why I really like the Allbirds. They're sugarcane-based sweet foam midsoles contour to your feet and put a little bounce in your step. They're machine washable, so they look as fresh as the day you got them, which is also one of the best parts of Allbirds. This year, take a big step forward for Mother Nature with the Allbirds Wool Runner. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com. Allbirds.com, their new wool runners that are crafted with premium supernatural materials are perfect for you. Today's episode is also brought to you by Babbel. One of the most exciting things about a new year is that you have no idea what adventures are in store for you. From new travel experiences to new jobs or picking up new skills, there's no better way to prepare for 2023 than by learning a new language with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. And thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can feel confident no matter where the new year takes you. And thank God I had been brushing up on my Spanish using Babbel because when I landed in Belize, not knowing like the most commonly spoken language there is Spanish, I felt so prepared. I felt so safe. It's such a good thing to do. Obviously, learning a new language is just a great way to expand your mind, a great hobby, just like invest in yourself. But really, if you do travel a lot to to countries with different languages, learning just the basics on Babbel is A, really easy and B, really smart. You never want to get stuck somewhere where you don't even know like right, left, bathroom, things like that. So Babbel's great if you're a traveler or if you're just looking to expand your horizons. You only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson and 
They offer over 14 languages like Spanish, like German, like French, like Italian. So um, they're voiced, their lessons are voiced by real native speakers, not computers, making it way more effective. And their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash toast. That's babbel.com slash toast for up to 55% off your subscription. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash toast. Babbel. Language for life. Thank you so much. Or shall I You're say, welcome. gracias. De nada. I learned that on Babbel. I'm not shocked. <laughs> okay, our first story, a little new romance news. Matthew Lawrence from Boy Meets World confirms his romance with TLC's Chili three months after divorcing from Cheryl Burke. It looks like Rosanda Chili Thomas and Matthew Lawrence are in perfect harmony. The TLC member and the Boy Meets World alum are in, a, in an exclusive relationship and are very happy, her rep confirmed to E! News. Chili and Matthew made their relationship Instagram official on New Year's Eve, both sharing a video of themselves dancing to Aha's Take On Me and Matching PJs and captioning it, hashtag New Year shenanigans, hashtag onesie gang, hashtag we cute. The No Scrubs singer's rep told TMZ that the couple started dating just before Thanksgiving and that they spent the holiday as well as Christmas together in Atlanta where he met her family. Although Chili and Matthew have known each other for longer as they were photographed soaking up the sun in Hawaii in August. And it looks like fans are thrilled for the pair. Quote, my 90s heart is bursting with joy for both of you. Right. Now, There's the relationship like is going on here. The relationship news comes about three months after by the way, the Mrs. Doubtfire actor. Yes, he is the son <gasps> from Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, all grown up. My God, I did never put that together that he's also from Boy Meets World, that he's the second son. I mean, the second yeah. kid. The second kid. And he's from um, Hot Chick. He's like the guy. You know, Hot Chick isn't a movie that stuck with me. It's like, it's from that era of films that we loved. And I feel like my friends are always quoting it. And it's not a movie that I really ever like gave a shit about. Yeah, no, but anytime, it's always on some random channel. Anytime yes. I watch a piece of it, it's always really good. Um, anyways, he was the the boyfriend. Love interest. He finalized his divorce from Cheryl Burke three months ago, the former Dancing with the Stars profile for divorce from Matthew on February 18th after almost three years of marriage, citing irreconcilable differences as the reason for their split and listing their date of separation as January 7th. So there's a lot going on here. The two things going on are people are freaking out that these two are dating because it's very 90s. It's iconic. Obviously, TLC, Waterfalls, iconic. Boy Meets World, Mrs. Doubtfire, iconic. And it's cute. But what's really more interesting about this is the Cheryl Burke of it all from Dancing with the Stars. First of all, I know that Cheryl Burke like had recently gotten divorced and was making TikToks about how she hates her husband because she had to pay for everything. Literally, like she was blowing him up on TikTok. And I never put together that her ex-husband was this man. Like not until literally this morning when because I saw this why story. Would you? Because literally, who fucking cares? Because you would hear like what stars. his name was and you would just keep moving. Right. And she, all of her TikToks were like how you paid for everything and like you were the breadwinner. So I'm like, oh, obviously he's a nobody. Like I <laughs> literally like I couldn't even be bothered to look at who her ex-husband was. But now it's more interesting to me. And Cheryl Burke, since this news has come out, has like really unloaded on TikTok. And I have to say, I know she's the victim in this because it appears as though like their relationship timeline like is not kosher and he was definitely cheating on her and she was saying in her TikToks that he had numbers, her number saved as his brother in his phone. Like he was definitely being nefarious and I know that she's the hurt party here, but like she has to get off of TikTok because it's making her look like a big loser. Like her TikToks are not like serving in the way that she thinks that they're serving. Like she's doing all of these trends like thinking she's coming out on top and she looks so sour, she looks so bitter and she looks like she doesn't know how to use TikTok. 
it's just so weird to me if you like zoom out of the situation that like she went through a divorce from this man. They're now divorced and he's in a new relationship. And it also sucks that like everyone's shipping his new relationship. It sucks. And like her way of processing it is taking to TikTok and doing trends with the theme of her divorce. Like that's fucking weird. If aliens came down to earth, they would be like, what are you doing? The first couple of times I saw the TikToks before I really knew the context, I just thought she was like, to me, she was getting divorced from a man with no face. Like I didn't know him. I was like, oh, you know what? Kind of love her throwing him under the bus for like leaving her after she literally like bankrolled their lives. Like I, I, I did, I did like it. But now with all the context and like people shipping and then her like just kind of like clawing to like make an impact, it's really, she has to stop. She's making herself look really bad. Especially because people are shipping and the timeline. Okay, so. That's weird that they were together in Hawaii in August, but they're saying they started dating Thanksgiving. Like, let's say they started dating, they were dating in Hawaii and maybe they met even a few months before. Like the date of separation was January January. 7th. So, okay, he's going through a divorce, but he met someone right. else. No, we all know how I know long she's it takes. Saying, she's saying that like he was texting her, I guess when they were married. Right, that's what she's saying. So they've been together well over a year and it's been right. hush hush. I don't yeah. know. Do you think they knew each other like back from the 90s days or like recently just connected? I don't know. I don't know enough. Like, honestly, I'm not a boy meets world girly. I don't know who they were hanging with. I don't know how big they were as stars themselves, especially if they weren't like Corey and Topanga. Yeah, no, they were both like a part of something really big, but not like the biggest person in that in their specific thing. Like, he wasn't the biggest star on Boy Meets World and she wasn't the biggest star from TLC. Right. So I don't know how much their paths might have crossed and like did TLC do anything with the network that Boy Meets right. World? I don't know enough. Like it's not as, you know, Nick and Jessica. Right. No, for sure. But it, it is like a smaller version of that and like it is cute. Mm-hmm. And if it weren't for like the Cheryl Burke of it all, I think everyone would be shipping even more. But I, for me, the more interesting part of this whole saga, like, isn't the 90s reconnecting. It's Cheryl Burke's TikTok. And I just need this to reach her. Like, you are not coming out looking like a winner. You have to stop the TikToks. Like, please. It's, it's odd. It's odd. And it's just, it's giving, I don't know what the right word is, but it's giving, like, loser. And I don't mean loser as in, like, I mean, as someone who is losing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just like how an 18-year-old would behave if they yes. found out their boyfriend was cheating on them. Yeah, and like he also was a TikToker. Right. But this is just not It's not adult. the place. It's not adult behavior. It's not adult behavior. It's not the place for this type of... And you of... have to think about what the aliens would think if they came down and saw this. They would be ashamed. Sometimes that's the only way to get perspective on something. So true. Like, what would someone who has no prior interest or knowledge of this think about what you're doing? No, it's amazing. It's so true. Well, I think it's cute news. I hope Cheryl Burke finds love. She's on Dancing with the Stars. There's always love to be found there or former. So she could go and be a judge and find love, you know? No, it's so true. Like, so many of them are having babies and getting married with each other. It's actually really cute. I do want to say, I hadn't seen a picture of... The Mrs. Doubtfire son. What is his name? Matthew Lawrence. It's kind of a name a, that doesn't have a lot of uniqueness. It's, it's very nondescript. Yeah. It's a firsty lasty as well. Like both the first name and the last name could be first names. That's not what a firsty lasty is, but okay. A firsty lasty can also be 
when like I can't say a person's name without saying their full name, like Jackie Ashray. Yeah, like Joaquin. It's Phoenix. both. It's both. I think it's only the latter. I think it's both, but I hear you, and you might be right. Let's move on. We have to ask um, Massey Block. Literally, first Elasti. But I hadn't seen a photo of this first Elasti in so long. And I have to say, like, he has aged quite beautifully. Like, he is he a looks, very... Yeah, he looks exactly like the kid from Mrs. Doubtfire. He has that, like, boyish grin and, like, really all-American look. He's very handsome. Yeah, Happy I for agree. Charlie. Happy for them. Yeah. Are you ready for our next story about one of your favorite people? Is it Mary from Sister Wives? No, but, like... Because <laughs> she's spiraling. She's close, spiraling. Close-ish close, close -ish guess. And I, I know you're like not interested in the Sister Wives conversation and like you only entertain it for me and for that I'm grateful, but I'm going to add a layer to it that's going to make you more interested. Ready? Mm -hmm. Mary is a top seller of LuLaRoe. Love that for her. Girl boss. Yeah. Um, no, who's someone else that you love to talk about? I don't want to say that you love him. The hacks? No, but like you're close. So you're saying like who is a reality TV loser? Chris Lee. Yes. <laughs> yes. I heard he's doing a tell-all interview. Todd Chrisley promises nothing is off limits in his only sit-down interview before he and Julie head to prison. Wow. Todd Chrisley He must is be getting paid a shit ton. Claudia, keep listening. Todd Chrisley is ready to share his truth. On the latest episode of his Chrisley Confessions podcast, the Chrisley Knows Best star revealed he will only be participating in one interview before he reports to prison and that his son, Chase Chrisley, will be doing the honors sometime next week. Even though no. his 26-year-old son will be tasked with conducting the interview, Todd promises that he will still answer, quote, all the hard questions. Oh, but this he is such clickbait. He also knows his son is fully capable of handling the task. He said, I'm looking forward to that interview, not because it's going to be a softball interview. Uh, you have said, am I allowed to ask all the hard questions? And I said, you can ask me anything. I am your daddy daddy <laughs> okay uh moving on uh, I'm, mad uh, at, I'm mad at Todd <laughs> for making me say that oh I thought he was gonna do like a full like Howard Stern 60 minutes something like that like something that would pay him he owes millions of dollars in restitution it would this is not a smart business decision he should really put it on Patreon maybe he's selling a lot of ads for the podcast because it will get a lot of listens perhaps but this is not the interview I was hoping for like at all no. I mean, like... But I guess, in a way, he's, like, building a brand for his kids. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's, like, a gift he's giving his kids. He's going away for 15 years. If you watch a show, you know, like, he bankrolled them entirely, buying them cars, and he, they lived with them. So, in a way, perhaps this is his way of, like, giving his kids something, like a business. If they have a huge podcast, they can make a huge living from that. It's one episode. I know, but, like if if it's gonna be as big as they think it's gonna be like it could sustain itself I don't Who think knows? so but maybe it's like okay he'll do the one episode and then maybe the kid takes over the podcast going forward the Chrisley Confessions podcast right. and the Chrisley stands who think that they've been wronged will continue to listen I don't think anybody thinks that they've been wronged I just think people think their sentencing was a little harsh when you compare it to like you know violent criminals who get out yeah so they've been wronged a little bit. Yeah, yeah, They also yeah. did wrong. Right. But I think they probably still have people in their corner. You know, Teresa did. 
Yeah, it's so true. But like Teresa, I could actually see the argument against why Teresa shouldn't have gone to jail. Like she literally was not smart right. enough to know what was going on. Right. It wasn't it, the the cases against Joe, really. Right. And like with the Chrisleys, like there's a paper trail of intent to steal money from banks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely will be watching the interview, even though like I was really hoping I thought it would be when I saw this headline going around, I didn't open it. I just assumed it would be like a Michael Strahan Today Show GMA thing. Yeah, so did I. And then I kept reading and it was even more shocking than that. Yeah, because like Teresa did even before she went away, a one on one or after the sentencing, maybe it was two on one with Joe, a Watch Happens Live. She, and there were reports she was getting paid. She owed like a million dollars in restitution to the government. Like, yeah. At that point, you go into hustle mode. Luann, I think, did her one-on-one. You know, everyone does it. Well, they're going to jail for so long that, like, when do they owe this restitution by, you know? Yeah, I guess it's something, like, you don't actually pay. No, it's just a problem for another day, maybe. Like, maybe they come out of jail and they start hustling. But what can they do now? And and nothing that, no interview that they would get money for is going to put a dent in what they owe. No, that's so true. They stole so much money. Yeah. So that's what's up with Todd Chrisley. Got to keep up with the Chrisleys constantly until I can't any longer. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Emily Ratajkowski says men can't handle strong women after her Pete Davidson fling. Emily mm-hmm. Ratajkowski is overdating men who, quote, don't know how to handle strong woman, women. Oh, my God. I'm one of those people who can. Oh, my God. Who women. doesn't know the difference between women and women? That is one of my biggest pet peeves. What it is, is that? What is you that? Just did no, it. to me, just I just misspoke. It. I didn't have a, it wasn't my brain, it was my mouth. On Housewives, they're always <gasps> misusing women and women. It's so annoying. It's so weird. Like, it's pretty it's so simple. Weird. I agree. <laughs> the High Low podcast host explained in Tuesday's episode that she hates going out with men in particular who truly think they want an independent partner. She said, quote, they're like, you're special. You've done it. They slowly get emasculated and they don't know what to do with those feelings and they resent you and then they start to tear you down and then you're just back to square one. She's saying this coming off the heels of her split with Pete Davidson, though I feel like this isn't about Pete Davidson. I feel like if I listened to the whole episode, which no offense, like not in the mood, I would think like there's probably more context that it's just about like her relationships in general and probably about her ex-husband still. Yeah, of course. I don't think this has anything to do with Pete because Pete has dated, you know, even more powerful women and more independent than him. Like there's, look right. at his list of, of exes. Right. And also like they dated for a few weeks. Like that's not yeah. significant enough to like go on your podcast and slam him. No, I had think this has nothing to do with him, but I just can't help but like roll my eyes. Like I do, I know that this type of, you know, man exists. I'm just like getting really tired of like this, clickbaity feminism like it's so fraudulent and it's like uh, I saw a clip like from her podcast like I want to be able to like show my tits and legislate bills like you can you can I agree and and I fundamentally with what they're like the movement says like I don't disagree but the way in which just like performative f- feminism has like overtaken white women in Hollywood as like it's the biggest issue in the world like it's so performative and it makes me roll my eyes and you know what I'm about to say controversial it makes me hate women it does I'm sorry I hate this like Female is the future t-shirts. Meanwhile, behind the scenes, like you never met a woman more mean to other women in their lives and like so judgmental of like other women's decisions and like how they choose to live their lives. I hate this. Like it's like white women woke feminism. Like I hate it. Yeah, she's really into it. No, and it's like 
like the Olivia Wilde running around and like the future is female t-shirts and everything is female, female. And then it's like you find out she was like begging Shia LaBeouf to come back to her movie and putting Flo, another woman, in a bad position. Like it's all performative. It's all bullshit. I hate this like this movement of like women in Hollywood talking about like feminism as if they really even fucking care. Like they don't no, and care. Also, and they're like so judgmental of how other women choose to lead their lives. Like I don't like it. To have like your one experience then be like, generalizing like all men can't handle strong women and it's like maybe you just had a weak man no for sure and this is not me discounting that those experiences happen and that those men exist there are big fucking losery ass men who are so intimidated by women who make money and who are more powerful than them like I get it I know that it exists like but the way in which like the message is being communicated from this like really polished like brand of feminism I hate yeah and then she goes on to say, um, after she calls that dynamic like fucked up and unfair, she said that she can understand dating women instead and having mutual respect in a relationship. She said there might be competition, but it doesn't feel like somebody's taking something away from someone else, um, she said. And she referred to herself as a bi woman earlier in the episode. Well, it also sounds now like your sexuality is more of a convenience than something <laughs> you're born with. And then that's fucking offensive to women right. who are gay. Right. Right. Like, I just find men intolerable, so I'm going to date women. That's not how true gay women start dating other women. It's because they were born that way and they love women. Like, right. then that's just offensive. And it's like, the sexuality. Continue. Yeah, sexuality is not a convenience for you because you couldn't find a man who handled your power. Yeah. And I see that all the time on TikTok when it's like, oh, I like need to start dating women. Like, women understand me. That is not what being gay is about. Yeah. You're born this way, baby. Like, oh, she's like, I'm just not the target audience for Emily Ratajkowski's podcast, like whatsoever. This like this brand of fake ass feminism, like I am a feminist to my core and I find that I do not believe in anything like the the feminist movement empowers. Like I feel like feminism is just like lifting up other women, even if I don't agree with them or even if they live their lives differently than me. Like I support you, live your life, bestie. You want to be a stay-at-home mom? That's valid. You want to work and never see your kids? That's also fucking valid. Like I don't care. That's my brand of feminism. But like this this new age Hollywood feminism, like I hate. Mm -hmm. But as a feminist myself, I support their right to do it. You support her right to podcast? Mm -hmm. And as a podcaster, what do you think? I just think like they're, you know, the toast isn't for everyone and her podcast is not for me. And, yeah. I, and I'm sure there are people who love it and are really inspired by it. And I'm so happy for them because that's what's great about the internet is that you can always find something for different people. And I am not the person for, to listen to this podcast. Like the second you started reading, my eyes immediately like went to the back of my head and I couldn't turn them forward. Yeah, I figured that this would elicit some reaction like that. Which is always fun. Yeah. So you want to move on? Yeah. And like, I would love a podcast from Ed Rada on the time her and her husband decided not to pay their rent. That is more interesting to me because that was like still the craziest. Like she's had so many like, not scandals, but um, like press worthy moments. You know, her book came out and then Pete, like she's always being talked about. But I'm still stuck on that time a few years ago where they refused to pay rent. And it was supposed to be some sort of political statement, but they just looked out of touch because they're literally like multimillionaires and there are people who can't actually afford to pay their rent. Yeah, but you know what? We have to be so grateful to Emrata because she okay. introduced us to her husband, Sebastian yes. Bear McClard, who has given us 
McClurdial. McClurdial. For sure. I don't know if you guys know this, but that's where the nickname McClurdia comes from. Because the first time I saw his name McClard, I was like, McClardia. No, it's true. So you're right. It's a thank you for acknowledging the impact she's actually had on us and our brand. It's it's you know, there's pros and cons to everything. Yeah. But she has had a major impact on our brand, I would say. Major, major. Whether and that wasn't her intended impact, you know? No. But I guess you never know what what part of your life is going to touch people. (laughs) Our next story is some new couple news, new-ish that I didn't see until yesterday. But we do ship here at the Toast, I think. Is it the new couple-ish news that we didn't see until yesterday that's brought to you by Caraway? Yes, it is, because I think these two are cooking it up in the kitchen, but they don't seem like the type who wants their food to stick to the pan. Who does? New year, new kitchenware with Caraway. Start your year off right with non-toxic kitchenware so you can ditch the chemicals and make healthier cooking a piece of cake. With our exclusive discount, you can now save on the full suite of Caraway products, including their food storage, their tea kettle, their mini cookware. The internet famous cookware set is a staple for any home and it comes in multiple colors to fit with any design aesthetic. If you watched our vlog recently on um, Patreon, Jackie's Chili Cook-Off, you could see the impact Caraway has had on her see. on her cooking skills. So their non-toxic kitchenwares are all designed for the modern home. They feature chemical-free ceramic coatings. Food can be prepared with peace of mind that no hard-to-pronounce compound or chemical is going to leach into your healthy ingredients. All of their sets come equipped with easy-access storage solutions. There is no stacking required, so gone are the days of misplacing your lids. Visit carawayhome.com slash toast. 10, that's toast one zero to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. The deal is exclusive for our listeners. So make sure you visit carawayhome.com slash toast 10, or you can just use code toast 10 at checkout. It's caraway non-toxic cookware made modern. Again, that link is carawayhome.com slash toast 10 or code toast 10 T O A S T one zero caraway is everything of the sort. It's really made an impact on both Jackie and I's lives. Uh, Yeah, it's made a huge impact on my life because it's made like cooking a little less treacherous because doing dishes is so much easier. And I imagine for you, it's made your life easier that like Ben's not leaving, you know, his tuna stuck to the bowl. dishes. Tuna stuck to the bowl. And I have a small kitchen. Like I don't have a million drawers. I could stack a thousand pans in. Like the way they, they store is actually huge, like huge impact. I love that for you. Some would say it's integral, much like the bees. Well, you know what? Caraway would make a perfect 40th birthday present. And so oh. would a lengthy tribute from your man's Justin Long. Especially when like you're so, they're so private. Justin Long pens a lengthy tribute for Kate Bosworth's 40th birthday. He calls her my joy. So I personally missed the news last month that they these two had started dating. Oh, I feel like they've actually been dating for way, way longer. Like I long thought it was time. December 2021. 2021? Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah. no, they've been together a for a while. Oh wow. Oh wow. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the past. Anyways, yeah. Justin Long penned a lengthy message to girlfriend and best friend Kate Bosworth via Instagram on Monday for her 40th birthday. He said, she is 40. She is also the best part of my everyday, even when we're not together. She laughs with abandon. She makes me laugh the same all the time. He went on to highlight how she sees beauty everywhere and in everyone and spoke of her kindness and gratitude. She thanks everyone, even when she's suffering, she's kind, she's deeply compassionate and can't hurt anyone, but she can be a rascal. 
She loves to tease. Okay, I'm going to stop reading this because now he's going to talk about the softest lips that she has. But um, to me, like the headline, because I, I don't think I process this, even though I'm sure mm. someone like will find our episode from December 2021 and be like, you guys talk about this. It didn't stick that these two are dating and that is super cute. It's so cute. I feel like they're so private and they're so real. I think their relationship is like really deep. I ship so hard, even though for me, like the best time of Justin Long's life, I think, was when he dated Drew Barrymore. And he did recently go on the Drew Barrymore show to promote something. And it's clear that they are like really good friends and have like a lot of respect for each other. And they had a conversation about their relationship. And it was like in this really mature, healthy way. And she actually was like crying. She's like, I just want to let you know, like it was one of the best relationships. Like you were so good to me and I feel so good about our time together. And so it really made me like love Justin Long even more. Like I knew he was a P-jom just from like his movies, but like he's an actor. So what the fuck do I know? But Drew Barrymore, who I feel like is a P-jow, like really putting her P-jom stamp of approval on him after all these years, it was really, it was beautiful to see. It was very mature that is really sweet and I always think of uh Kate Bosworth and Orlando Bloom like to me oh my god they're you know if it wasn't for Katy Perry and the fact that like they're still together and they have a kid and like they're so happy um I would still be shipping so I'm glad that like they're just running in this like p-jom circle of like committed relationships with uh famous people yeah no it's true and I was pleasantly surprised. I feel like they never even acknowledge each other publicly. They're so private. This was really sweet. And I feel like it was such a, he's, you know, he's older, he's wise. Like it was a really well-written, very, um, very sweet tribute. And I feel like that should be the bar for all of us. Like if your man is writing like HBD, Katie, and Justin Long is doing this, like take a look inward. Take a look. Except is it your 40th birthday? Right. No, that's true. Maybe it's like for a huge. Like 33 HBD. Yeah, it's like a huge milestone. That's true. Yeah, for the big ones. And she looks so cute in all the pictures, and it's clear they have this, like, beautiful life together that we, like, know nothing about. I need to go see what Zach wrote me for my 30th. Oh, so true. Oh, my gosh. Let me go see. Did he even post? I definitely told him he didn't need to because he didn't need to, but now I'm like, maybe he should have. I actually, like, get embarrassed when Ben does, like, really long, lengthy captions. Didn't post. He definitely asked me if, if, if he needed to, and I was like, please don't. Yeah, I but now like Ben always does. And plus, his whole grid is pictures of me and him, like Mother's Day, anniversary, birthday, uh, like the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I get like embarrassed. Like it's nice, but I feel like very like I don't know. It feels really private, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm a person who shares everything, so like I don't know. Some things can be kept between. So I'm gonna walk lovers. that statement back. They don't have to pen you something like yeah. this on Instagram, but a nice card occurred for sure. No, and they should say those things to you. I feel in like a lot one of the way times, or another, a lot of the times, like in really public relationships, like people will post like the most amazing tributes about their partner, and then like months later they break up, and you're like, how? And it's I because know. like you're saying those things to the world to like get validation, but you don't actually ever say them to your partner. It's so true. Like sometimes people will write like the nicest things, and I'm like, wow, that's really beautiful. And then they break up, and I'm like, but what about? And that's why I think like people get so invested in online relationships because those relationships thrive off of that type of content, like sharing deep personal moments and deep feelings. And you find yourself doing it for the likes and not ever actually like investing it, in the relationship. And like experiencing those moments and feelings yourself. Like it, it's just like straight to the gram. It's, it's like not, it's not a lived experience anymore. It's just content. Yeah. So like that happens all the time. Like these couples who you're just like, there's, 
in your mind, they're perfect because that's how they make it seem. And then literally a month later, they're broken up and you're like, what? Well, so given this caption, like they can never break up. Yeah, agreed. No pressure, but you can never break up. Yeah. Otherwise, like it's phony baloney. Agreed. But I don't think it is. Me neither. Are you ready for our fifth and final story? A little movie news. A little movie casting mm. news. Joaquin Phoenix will be playing Napoleon Bonaparte. Plus, and he is being, um, you know, his usual Joaquin self. Napoleon got rewritten due to Joaquin Phoenix's constant questioning, says uh, producer Ridley Scott. He said it not all... Not Napoleon, not Joaquin Phoenix literally rewriting history. Rewriting Napoleon. Well, who knows what the movie was? He said it all grew bigger and better due to Joaquin's questions and edits. Mm. When working with Joaquin Phoenix, prepare yourself for rewrites, Ridley Scott revealed to Empire Magazine. The casting Joaquin as Napoleon Bonaparte for his upcoming historical epic, Napoleon, resulted in the script being entirely rewritten to make the actor more comfortable. Phoenix, reuniting with Ridley after Gladiator, stars in Napoleon opposite Vanessa Kirby and Tahar Rahim. So Vanessa Kirby's going to be playing Josephine. I didn't know exactly who that was, but then I Googled her and she played Princess Anne in the first season of The Crown. Oh! Not Princess Anne, Princess Margaret. Margaret. Sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. Yeah, she was great. So that um, made me feel positive. Ridley so said- So obviously you're going to see this. Obviously I'm going to see this. I feel like there's not a lot of Napoleon content out there, especially there's no like big Napoleon movie that comes to mind. I think Joaquin is an inch. I don't know who I would cast. I would probably just assume like someone shortish, but short. Um, yeah. I, I think Joaquin's cool. I I'm interested to I see mean, this. Joaquin is a, a real artist. Like he's in this for the art. I don't think there's really anything he's put out that hasn't been critically acclaimed. Mm-hmm. He brings, he brings a level of skill and excellence to everything he does. So I think we can expect g- great work from Joaquin. Like I don't think, yeah, I'm sure he's been like be living in a 17th century castle for the last Cabin. year without plumbing mm-hmm. and without electricity, trying to get Just into to the get mind into the of mindset. Napoleon. They should have Completely had Austin agree. Butler do it. Totally. Yeah. What does Austin Butler do next? Oh, let's go to his IMDb pre-production like category. Like the fanfare. And it's almost, it's almost like people associate him so much with Elvis to the point where I feel like it could potentially be like a little detrimental to his career. It could be, but you know, if all else fails, he could be an Elvis impersonator, just like yes. how Adam Lambert became Freddie Mercury. Queen. Yeah. Um, that's actually a really good comparison. Yeah. I don't think that's what he wants to do, but if he hits 40 and he hasn't booked another role, like just do it. It's so true. Upcoming three. Oh, he's going to be in Dune part two. Dune was a really okay. big movie. Masters of the Air, which is a TV miniseries. Miniseries oh, is always good. Miniseries is good. And The Bike Riders. Sounds like a bunch of kids. It's in post-production. <laughs> uh, it follows the rise of a Midwestern motorcycle club through the lives of, it, of its members. All right, good. He's working. Good. I just, when, when you get like such crazy, and I guess we still have Oscar season upon us. So like the Elvis fanfare isn't even over yet. Yeah. Tom Hardy's in that one. Michael Shannon, oh. Jodie Comer, Norman Reedus. That looks like it will be good. I am yeah, is good. so awesome. So awesome. Masters like not us, of like, the, Not us what? Just like knowing everything about Hollywood productions. Literally, we know everything about what's going on in Hollywood. Okay, this Masters everything. of the Air, I don't know a lot of the people, but it sounds like a, like a good premise. 
very um, I'm happy for him I'm a champion I'm a champion of his work even though like I am still saddened by the Vanessa Hudgens of it all like I really am like I personally I stayed there that's where I am and just kind of like the word on the street is that he's a social climber but (gasps) you've got to be in that industry but you also need to conceal it better yeah you can't have people saying that about you hear that um, like there was that rumor that like he, um, he like was friends with Ashley Tisdale, like all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then he like wasn't, and I don't know, that was just the vibe I got that he was like jumping around in the friend group, like based on like who was a big star. And I right. feel like he's not that close with Ashley anymore because like she's yeah. probably not A-list enough for him. That's just the vibe I've gotten from something that I saw. And I mean, so it's a hundred percent true. Right, he's dating, like, very A-list. I mean, if you wanted to social climb, I think the Gerber family is a great place to start. Randy, Cindy, Kaya, like... I mean, Hollywood is a town full of social climbers, for sure, so it's just really networking and doing your job. But you can have that be your image. Yeah, so speaking of feminism, I find it really interesting. Like, if a man is a social climber, like, you're disgusting. Um, If a woman is a social climber, I think of it more as networking. Like, if she's dating, like, above her her class and like using her dating to you know get bigger jobs like I love a woman in business I love a woman in business I love people reaching their goals but I think the idea of social climbing which is more so like using people to get to where you want to be I think it's icky no matter the gender yeah and when I hear someone is a social climber I'm icked out automatically Yes, but I think people often confuse social climbing with like networking and just being thirsty which isn't so bad no and I mean social climbing I guess at its core is very similar to networking but it's it's not because networking it's like it's clear that this is business and like I'm just you know no, we're making connections various social climbing has an air of usury to it yes and people aren't objects that can just be stepped on agreed on your way to the top agreed because you'll see them on your way back down and no one's gonna feel bad for you and that's not why you do it because they won't feel bad for you if you come back down. No, you do of course it not. Because you treat people with respect. Agreed. Agreed. And those were the fast eye stories. I feel as though you needed to know them. Yeah, no, those were good ones. Thanks, Jax, for, for filling us in. Yeah, welcome. And Napoleon should be out in 2023, though you can never trust those release dates because we should have had so Barbie and Legally Blonde 2 already. And Wicked. And Wicked. So the show is not over because it is Wednesday and we do our advice segment, Dear Toasters, every Wednesday. And we're going to do that right now. Change some lives, help some girlies out with the help of Perfect Bar. If you're looking for a protein bar that actually tastes good, well, look no further than Perfect Bar. With their lineup of fresh from the fridge protein bars, Perfect Bar is exactly what you've been looking for. No chalky artificial aftertaste here. They're made with freshly ground nut butter, organic honey, and over 20 organic superfoods. Perfect Bar has a variety of products like protein bars, little snack size bars that are all so good and good for you. You'll be sure to find something you love. My favorite is the dark chocolate chip peanut butter with sea salt because Honestly, whoever realized that dark chocolate and sea salt is the perfect combo has my love and devotion Nobel for the rest fries. of my life. They have a cookie dough texture. It's creamy and full of flavor, and they're unlike any other bars out there. Now they come in a snack size, which is packed with up to six grams of proteins and 150 calories. So a little goes a long way. The perfect um, bar snack sizes are 
perfection. Like they will keep you full. They will hold you over till your next meal. They're packed with protein. They make you feel good. They know that it'll be love at first bite with Perfect Bar. So for a limited time, they're offering you a chance to try their refrigerated protein bars for free. Here's how it works. Sign up for email or text and upload a photo of your receipt from your local grocery store, and they will reimburse you for the cost of one bar directly into your Venmo or PayPal account, which is pretty cool. All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash toast to get a free perfect bar today. That's perfectsnacks.com slash toast to get a free perfect bar today. Happy snacking. Again, that's perfectsnacks.com slash T-O-A-S-T, perfectsnacks.com slash toast. All right, are you ready for Dear Toasters, Jacqui? Ready. Dear Jackson Claude, first and foremost, I absolutely love and adore you both. The bullet I would take for you too. I mean, it's crazy. Love you, girl. I'll try to keep this short. My boyfriend and I have been dating for almost three years. He's a gem. However, he's always had this insanely weird and strange bond with his mom and his sister. Like he will comment beautiful and gorgeous with fire flames and heart eyes on his sister's pictures. He'll FaceTime her often and he has a group text with the three of them, just his mom, him, and his sister. Is it weird that I get annoyed when reading comments like that? I feel so insignificant because he will say the same exact things to me. I've brought it up before and it went south. Am I crazy to be fucking annoyed when I see these things? Please help. I'm desperate for answers and advice. Sincerely, a confused wenchy toaster. Okay. If you asked me this a year ago, I would be totally on your team. I would say it's so weird. But now as a mama, like Harry better be leaving gorgeous comments on my Instagram fire flames, having a chat with me and any other siblings he might have where we just are so close. Like, I think it's so cute. I think like him having a good relationship with the women in his life is yes. a, an ultimately a positive sign for you. And I would say like, if he was treating them like better than he treated you, that that would really bother me. But like, he's treating you the same way that he treats the women that he loves most in his life. Like that he comments on your stuff too. Like he's just sharing the love with the women that he loves. Sure like fire emoji on your mom's Instagram is a little weird from the sun. But if Harry left a fire emoji on my Instagram, I'd be like, thanks. No, I get what you're saying. But I think at its core, that's her problem. It's like, she doesn't want to feel equal. She wants to feel special. And so she's a girlfriend. If she was a wife, if she was a wife, she could feel more than, but you're the girlfriend and he's not going to throw away the women who have cared for him his entire life for the girlfriend. Mm, You're sounding like a kind of like a toxic mom. Love it. Toxic boy mom. I'm I'm a toxic boy mom. No, like first of all, she's not a wife, so you no, don't. That's true. That's until true. you are a wife, like you're, you don't rise in the ranks. Yes, I you mean you have been dating for fiance. three years. Hopefully, the question like now you guys should be talking about like the future and um, you know, but you don't just automatically get that placement when like these women have nurtured him and made him the man that he is. That doesn't happen overnight. You're so funny. Like you're, because I feel like before you were a mom, you would have like totally been like, this is weird. I would even say this is gross. A hundred percent. I'd say run. But now I'm saying like, this bodes well for you in the long run. Yeah, no, I, I, I hear your frustrations with like the same exact wording, like writing beautiful on your post and then also on his sister. Like I understand, like get a little bit more creative. Like everyone wants to feel special, whether you're a girlfriend, a fiance or a wife. So I hear your frustrations. I don't know if it's enough to like make a statement because then like you actually might look crazy. Um, But I think Jackie's right. Like, I think if anything, this is more motivation for you guys to get to the next level in your relationship. And once you're a wife and like the mother of his kids, like you can make demands. You can. You can make demands once you're a wife. And if you are still feeling like you're not being treated any better than his sister, like that's when you can say something. But what he's not going to toss aside 
No, by the way, I also think there's a difference in like how he treats you and his sister versus you and his mom. Like yeah. his mom should be like, you know, his queen. You should respect your parents, his queen. But I, I don't disagree that like the sister. All right. Step aside. Yeah. Because then you start to think about like the brothers and sisters who are like. Weird. weirdly close we're weird period yeah no i i agree with a lot of your frustrations when it comes to the sister actually now that i think about it but a man who respects his mom even if it might be like inconvenient to you is signs that he was like raised well he respects women and he respects his parents which is literally a biblical um principle commandment yes also i would say it sounds like a lot of your concerns are like about his social media behavior and like boys are just fucking weird on social yeah, media so period like it doesn't matter if some of this be weirdness like translated to real life or like he was doing things in real life that were bothering you i would be more wary but like he has he wants to let everyone know they're beautiful on instagram like boys are just fucking weird on instagram so yeah don't let that be the only reason why that's true a lot of your complaints are digital and the digital space is irrelevant when it comes to like a man yeah they don't know what they're doing they don't know what things mean they don't know the so subliminal true. messaging like and so you don't want true. them to know because if they're too plugged into instagram culture it's like get a life bro i completely agree Everything so the fact that he's said, like a little instagram illiterate is actually really cute it's cute i agree i think we gave great advice agreed Hey, Jackson Claude, I'm a toaster from Sydney. And firstly, thank you for getting me through the last couple of years of becoming a new parent. Mazel tov. To give some context. Oh, oh my God. Sorry, I dropped my curds. Not the curds. <laughs> okay. To give some context, my in-laws are close friends with another couple. Let's call them Charles and Camilla. They often, um, often they babysit my two-year-old daughter when they go visit my parents. Wait, sorry, no. To give some context, my in-laws are close friends with another couple called Charles and Camilla, and they often, and often when they babysit my two-year-old daughter, they will go visit this couple, having them over at their house or being in social settings with them. Okay, so her in-laws will babysit her daughter, and often their friends Charles and Camilla will come over, so they know the kid, basically. Okay. At a meal over Christmas, my in-laws very casually mention that Charles has a photo of my daughter as his phone wallpaper screen and how sweet it is. As I thought about it more, I felt like this was a little odd and not entirely necessary. When I mentioned my concern to my husband, he said I was overthinking it and it's just that they love kids and that there were no bad intentions behind it. I'm not suggesting that there were necessarily bad intention. It just strikes me as weird. So I'm keen to get some insight in some objective, smart and talented girls what you guys would do. Should I mention to my in-laws that it makes me incredibly uncomfortable and even ask if you could change it? Or am I reading too much into it and I just need to let it go? Okay. It's weird. It's weird. You got to trust your gut. And yeah. on the one, I'm not going to try and theorize whether this man is a pedophile. Like, because right. maybe no, if, he, it's, if he was, he wouldn't be like so obvious about it with the kid on his home true. screen. He would be like a little more, you know, trying to cover his tracks. So maybe it's actually a sign that things are totally fine, that he would think that no, that's normal. Actually, but again, like, I'm not a detective. I'm not trying to suss out if this man is a pedophile. But you need to trust your gut. And now what I would do, and even though this is incredibly inconvenient for you in your life, you can't say something. You can't like say, I, I want him to change his background. You can't even make it a thing because the parents are going to tell Charles and Camilla and then like everybody's going to have this like weird like is yeah. you thought Charles was a pedophile vibe. You can't leave the kid with the parents anymore. Sorry. You, you need, need to take the kid with you now when you're going or find other no, childcare. I completely agree. Like maternal instinct is real. Even if you are overreacting, great. You should only be right. an overreactor like that. There's nothing to worry about. It's a little fucking weird. And I agree, like maybe like a traditional creep wouldn't make it his background. But I feel like the older you get, like you don't give a fuck, you know? 
Yeah. I don't know. I'm not trying. I I can't, you know, play like psychoanalyze this guy. I would say trust your gut and and then just don't put your kid in that situation, even if if it does become incredibly inconvenient for you. Perhaps I would also suggest learning more about Charles. Like, does he have kids? Like, does he long for kids? Did, Did he always want kids? Did he lose a child? Like, I feel like this is definitely odd behavior, but and maybe there's a perfectly good reason for it. Yeah. Find out about Charles. But in the meantime, like your priority is your kid and I don't think you're being crazy. Did at all. she say where she was going when she was leaving the kid with No. Just when she was going. They'll just babysit. Babysit for a weekend or babysit for a night? Just babysit. That's all she wrote. Okay, because maybe if it's like a night, you could have the in-laws come to your house and maybe there's no Charles and Camilla around. Yeah. But you have to like, you have to stealthily take the kid out of that situation. And you can't tell anyone what you're doing. Without making a scene. I completely agree. Like, And it's incredibly inconvenient. Sorry. Yeah. Like back out quietly in the night through the back door. No one can accuse you. Why are, oh, you know, now that he's bigger, like we're taking him, you know. Yeah. Gaslight the hell out of him. Agreed. Amazing advice, Jackie. Our third and final is the baby name stealer. Hello, Jackson Claude. Missed hearing you ladies after the hiatus, but as the hardworking women in podcasting, you both deserve some R&R. Thank you. We have a baby name stealer on our hands. For the first two years, my sister-in-law on my husband's side and I have been in various stages of pregnancy, so we often shared what we would name our children. Even before our current children, we went through our preferred names to make sure there was no crossover. She just had her second, and after nine months of telling everyone that she was going to name it Casey or Jamie, she goes and names the child Rip. So I don't know if this girl is just like cosplaying Yellowstone. Oh, okay, okay. She probably is. Even when I was pregnant with my son now, my husband and I were very vocal about naming our next son if we have one, Rip. I even went as far as to tell my sister while she was pregnant not to name her son Rip because that was the name we would be using. As recently as Christmas Eve, four days before she popped him out, my husband and I made a comment to them that we were naming our next son Rip. It has special meaning for me and my husband, and these name stealers didn't even give it a second thought when they surprised us all with the switcheroo. While they had options, this was the only name on our list. My question, do I have my husband say something to his brother or at least his mother who also very much knew and did not guide them away from the name? Despite us not being able to do anything about the name now, I'm also all about airing grievances and my husband is not. He'd rather just put a mark next to their name saying, I'll remember this. This couple has no scruples and this is not their first defense against us. They also chose to announce this pregnancy to the family a day after she peed on a stick and my baby was just born and admitted to the NICU. Saying something to them won't solve anything name-wise, but should they not be alerted of their complete lack of consideration? Love a fed-up toaster. Her question is to say or not to say, because at this point, it's too late. No, well, the lesson here is literally stay far away from this girl. She's not to be trusted. Do not tell her any names, because you're putting ideas in her head in the future. Like, this is not a girl you can trust. So I know you probably thought you were getting ahead of it, but if you had never even said the name Rip in her presence, it wouldn't have crossed her mind. I honestly don't know what to tell you. I, nothing's going to change the situation. And like, assuming that you guys aren't Jewish, like, why can't you also name your baby Rip? You should say, I just want to let you know, I know you know this is my name and I know you stole it because you live without consequences, but I have not been deterred. I still will be naming my son Rip. So I'm just giving you a chance. You know, your baby was just born. Feel free to change it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that plan To a be lot. honest, I don't, I don't know what to tell. Like, I'm really stumped. I don't know how long it's been since she had the baby. Like, is it even an option to change? I guess, like, Kylie still hasn't changed her kid's name, so anyone can do Wait, it. Wait, she said the baby was born. She didn't say. It was, like, 
Yes, as recently as Christmas Eve, which is four days before she gave birth. Oh, okay. So literally well, the baby's a week old. Okay, but they left the hospital already, so she would have to do it like... Sure. But I think I actually, I've never been more excited about advice we've given. But is, I think is our to- toaster pregnant with a boy? Like what if... No, she she gave birth to a son and then told everyone that their next son was going to be named Rick. Got it. But like, what if she only has girls, you know? Right. It's hard to claim a name like if you don't. Without a baby. Without, you know, so I don't, I seriously, I don't know what to tell you. I support any decision, any route that you choose to go. I personally am more akin to her husband. Like we're going to leave Me a too. mark next to your name. Me too. And it's just like lesson learned. I've got a list of names and yours is in red underline. That's how I live my life I think too. That ben like, is always pushing me to like confront people when, and I'm like, no, you know what? Not everything needs to be a conversation, but I remember. But you, the, the problem North with you remembers. is you don't remember. <laughs> totally. Uh, um, but no, like I remember the feeling. Yeah, no. Hopefully what I would say is I would, I would remember, I would put enough distance between us and them that by the time you have a son, you can name him Rip and it's like, oh, I don't know another Rip. We don't hang out with them. No, I actually think um, the lesson you've learned here is so valuable because while it, it's it's a big deal, it's not in the grand scheme of the world, it's not the biggest deal. And things, you know, you could have shared something with her even more meaningful to you and have her betray your trust. So you just learned a valuable lesson. And if you don't internalize that lesson, like whatever happens next is on you. Like you cannot trust this girl. Do not trust her. She is a fugly slut. Agreed. Like stay far away from her. And also, like, I do think you could say, like, I know you know this was my name. Like, don't be dumb. And just letting you know, like, if I'm blessed with another son, like, you have not deterred me. Yeah. So I'm just letting you know, like, we will have two rips in the family. Do with that information what you will. Yeah. I do think you should tell her, actually. Like, I'm really feeling passionate. It's so hard. You're in an impossible situation. Also, it's like, she's a new mama. She just gave birth. You're going to come for her. I know. She's still a human. I know. I don't think that you say it in like a confrontational way. I think you say like, I love the name. I know you know that was my name. And while you may have it, like if I have another son, like no, and not coming at it in an angry place. I'm just letting like heads up. Like I am still potentially using the name. Okay, but put yourself in the other girl's shoes for a second. Like you just gave birth a week ago. And I'm, and I'm a baby name stealer. Yeah. But you don't believe yourself to be because you're like delusional because you're like a wench. You don't believe that you're a baby name stealer because like then you wouldn't have done it if you thought that's who you were, you know? And you're like, this wenchy sister-in-law is coming for me like seven days after I've given birth. Like, has she no scruples? You know, that's true. Yeah, because then you become the villain. I think you need to let time. Don't come for her in this PP era. Yeah. It's a protected space. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you're in an impossible situation. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but I know what to tell you. Or come up with reasons why you hate the name. Yes. Let's just move on from the name. No, maybe like the reason that you hate the name is because it reminds you of this cunt. <laughs> maybe that's a good enough reason. Yeah. Like you don't even want it now. It's attached to that wench. Yeah. I think we should move on from the name. Like we need to like, you don't want to have, you, and also you don't want your son, your future son to be like a spite named Agreed. baby like we just need to you have to break let go. free you have to let go you have to okay so we're letting go we're never trusting this bitch again like to you she's literally an acquaintance mm-hmm. at best and we're putting a mark next to her name just like your husband said your husband's got the answers yeah. and take I solace agree. in and I'm that sure you-, you have a husband with the answers 
No, but he's probably just doing that because it's like his family. Like if it was her family, I'm sure he'd have no problem. Right, Adon. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he just wants to protect the peace within his family, which I understand too. But sometimes you have to fucking stand up for yourself. But not while someone's in the postpartum Agreed. bubble. Agreed. Yeah. So we're letting it go and we're never trusting this bitch again. Yeah, lessons learned. That's our show, you guys. Thank you so much to everyone who wrote in. Uh, we are in need of more submissions. So deartoasters at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to the Toast the Millennium Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere. Podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, IR Radio, Castbox, all the places where you listen to podcasts. Find us the Toast. Leave a five-star review about how beautiful, stunning, and wickedly talented we are. Hope you guys have an incredible, amazing hump day. Don't forget to hump someone you love, and we'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. Bye.